1: <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. You are listening to the mom and Michael hour. This is our final hour tonight for Steel Talking. And of course, my son, Michael Battle, is joining us. I am so excited he's back. He's been gone for a while. I know you missed him. So did I. And so here he is, Michael Battle, joining us tonight. How are you, son?
2: I am fantastic. And for the record, I was only gone for one weekend because I was going to go, uh, I was out there having a blast for my birthday. And uh, I got to say between my birthday weekend celebrations, although it was kind of a week long thing, which I know Mm -hmm. everyone hates that, but I did the whole week long thing. But since last weekend through Thanksgiving and tonight, I think I've eaten every food item in Los Angeles. Um, (laughs) I I have been to so many amazing restaurants and brunch spots and snacks and then plus Thanksgiving and, and Thanksgiving leftovers. So I'm obviously very privileged. To be around that much delicious, amazing, world-class food, uh, and I'm thankful for it all. But my uh, my the waistband of my pants are not thankful for my parade <laughs> of delicious foodstuffs that I've been eating.
1: Well, I tell you, it's so great to have you back. And you have—you were gone longer than that, by the way. I don't know about you talking about one night. Your mother knows. You know I know. Anyway, it's just great to have you back, son. And there's so much going on. We never talked about the midterms. We never talked about all of that. And here we are at a point in our lives and in our country where things feel settled again. I don't know if you feel it, Michael, but it feels settled to me. You know, the people I've been around and talking to them and people I don't know, meeting new people, it's just been peaceful. Has it been like that for you?
2: I won't go so far as to call it peaceful. I do feel what you're talking about. There's something in the air that has shifted. Um, the exhaustion when it comes to gun violence, politics in general, um, inflation, that is still very much there. People still have you know hard times and that you and I feel like things. Are more peaceful speaks to our privilege because obviously there are many people out there who don't feel, feel it at all aren't sure where they're going to live how they're going to pay bills but that said compared to trump era america even with all the mass shootings and the death encroaching upon us the the ever uh ever growing specter of death that is around the country yes it does feel slightly improved i mean just yesterday i was hanging out with people who i knew were you know, strong Trump supporters, and we didn't hate each other, you know, (laughs) so I think something out there where I don't think it's happening because of the goodness of anyone's heart. I think it's happening because of exhaustion. I think people just want to have the holidays. They want to have that warm feeling and family and friends, because we know that around the corner could be the next crazy thing happening. But we're saying, hey, this is better than it was before during the Trump years. Uh, It's still not great, but let's be thankful for this shift and this change and be a little nicer to each other to make this all a a bit more palatable in the end.
1: That's exactly right, Michael. I do feel the same, and um, I want to hold on to it desperately. But we all know that the future holds something is going to happen that we aren't going to like, something that's going to affect or infect each of us in some kind of way. So I choose to just keep smiling. Just keep getting excited. I I said to the the listeners earlier tonight, I said, you know, my sister Javita and I passed by Richdale. We were on the highway. And we Mm -hmm. passed by Richdale, Michael. And I am telling you, there didn't seem to be an open space anywhere. Jam-packed. I haven't seen Richdale Mall packed like that since maybe 2017. I, I was just... And we couldn't see all the way around the side. They're doing some renovation. We didn't see the, the higher part of the mall. But I am telling you what we saw, it it seemed like there were not just hundreds, but maybe even a thousand cars. And I'm sure I'm <laughs> wrong. But that's what it looked like. We were just so excited that people were out and about and really shopping and spending and eating together and laughing and talking and just having a great time. I was so great grateful to see that. Is that what's happening in LA?
2: First of all, I love to hear it because of course malls have been struggling, but yes, to your point here in Los Angeles, it's the exact same thing. The malls, the restaurants, people are out like crazy. They're they're laughing and talking and spending money. Um, In fact, what was it? It was Wednesday. It was the day before Thanksgiving. I was resting and I was thinking to myself, you know, maybe I should go eat with my friend Melody because Joey was still at work. And I was looking through um, Resi online, and there's a restaurant here and that I've been trying to get into for, I kid you not, six months. It opened this year. It's the hottest, newest restaurant in town. And suddenly it popped up, and there it was. There were two reservations, one for 5.30 p.m., and one for 6 p.m. But, you know... Early dinner the the day before Thanksgiving is kind of perfect. So I texted her. She was like, yeah, book it. By the time I came back, the 6 p.m. was gone. So I booked the 5.30. And the night before Thanksgiving, we wouldn't have had this amazing meal at this restaurant in Los Angeles. And it was packed. Again, to my point, I could barely get a reservation there. And all the restaurants I've been going to uh, throughout the holiday weekend, even going back to my actual birthday dinner at uh, Catch Steak last weekend, they're wall to wall packed. People are out there enjoying themselves, smiling. And again, I think leaning into that um, patent joy, where we're saying, you know what? If we see joy, we are going to grab it by the neck, hold on to it for dear life while we can, right. because it, it is worth every moment. You
1: know, Michael, I don't think I can make a really great steak. It's it's okay. Um, but I just want you to know you never have to pay that kind of money. All you got to do is call your mother. I'll send you some chicken, some really good chicken. And we'll call it catch gerlin or catch mom. Okay,
2: wait, 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 wait. Hold catch on. mom. Hold on. hold on. How about that? Hold on. Now, Jonathan is not here, so there's no way you're trying to play the soul food song.
1: No. He doesn't know. Chris <laughs> doesn't know. I did not say a word to Chris about Soul Food. Chris, there's a so, there's a song <laughs> in there that's called Soul Food, and Michael can't stand it. I mean, he can't stand it, so please
2: don't play it. I, I was going to be surprised. Upset. I was going to say, Chris, it's been a while, and, and you know, your first day back, <laughs> you know, joining in because J-Lo was out. You do this to me, but no, you're actually saying, for real, if I don't want to go get a fancy no. steak to call you, which I appreciate.
1: Right. I know, son. I, I understand that. But I just want you to know all this money that you're spending on dinner. I can send you some chicken, some really <laughs> incredible chicken
2: Which would with be some delicious. rice oh. and gravy. And I went to Disneyland, I think, on uh, last Sunday, and I got to FaceTime the girls and ha- have them watch the Disney Christmas Parade which I did at the last minute, and I, I texted Vanessa I said, hey, can, can they watch this? But, of course, I so want to bring them to the parks to have them experience D- Disneyland for the first time. You know mm-hmm. how much I love it, uh, and I've told them all about it, and they've watched the movies, and now Farron and Shaw, they are asking about all the characters, and I Facetime them before to show them, you know, when I'm walking towards the Disney castle or different parts of the park, but they got to watch the entire Christmas parade, um, and when Claire... W- w- it was beautiful. They loved it. They watched it on the phone, and I, I was... I was uh, trying to, trying to describe certain parts but in between when there was a a pause in the parade, but there's a part where Clabel cow comes out Clabel cow was a really really old like disney original animation that that was up i believe in black and white when it first came out and it's this tall um walking female cow that uh, I've seen in old cartoons from back in the day, but of course my nieces have not <laughs> The character, the person dressed up as Clarabelle, walks by in these oversized red high heels, uh, prancing down the street. And, and Sarah goes, what is that abomination? What is, the, what is the abomination I'm looking at on screen? I laughed so hard <laughs> because they'd never seen this character. just didn't know why there was a, a, a cow in a miniskirt and high heels walking down the street. So... Right.
1: Hey, Michael, I do want to say, though, to correct you, all cows are female.
2: Oh, that is okay. Yes. I I, I can't even claim semantics because that is just a hard fact. You are correct. Technically, if I say cow, it's female. That's correct. I don't know where they
1: get all of that from. It's like cows, bulls, heifers or steers. I mean, isn't a cow a female? So a heifer is a female. Is that how it
2: works? I don't know. That sounds that sounds sound like, like a like a rap song. Cows, bulls, heifers. You know, I, I don't know. It just sounds like you're saying something really inappropriate. <laughs>
0: <It shouldn't. laughs> Did
1: you hear that, Chris? Are you there? Did you hear that, man?
0: I am learning so much tonight about cows. <laughs> Way too much. <laughs> uh, I mean i I was today years old when I found out that cows were female. I, yeah, I'm exactly. Like, this is. I mean, this is – I am just at a loss for the quality of knowledge that I am getting.
2: <laughs> Don't <quality>. Stop it. <laughs> life, this is, it's life-changing knowledge. I mean, really, this, this, is, this, is, this is the good stuff. You,
1: you, you only when you're eating, life. honey, only when you're eating. Yeah. So you went to this restaurant and – well, first, let's go back where the girls had a chance to really look at this cow with red high heels on. Is that what you said?
2: Clarabelle, Kyle, you'll have to look her up during the break. Yeah, she has uh-huh. a skirt on, a flower in her hair, red high heels. I think the dancer in the costume is a man because that walk is so fierce. That walk is everything. And every time the cow goes by, we're like, that's got to be a man. That's a drag queen in there. We think because it's just the walk is just so fierce. And it's the dance and the wave and the sashay. And I'm like, all right, all right. who's in there? Who's doing oh, that walk? In
1: seriously. We were this watching is- RuPaul's drag show, right? One time, Javita and I. And we both looked at each other and said, I could never walk like that. You know, as a woman, I, I how do they do that? Who teaches them that? It's really something. It is something to and see.
2: Who was the guy on uh, Tyra Banks' modeling show? Uh, America's Next Top Model. He was the, the, the walking coach for all, all, oh, all the was. women on the show. He was amazing. And he can he walk amazing. better than all of them. So, the, so when the cow goes by, it's kind of like that. But uh, nevertheless, my nieces thought the whole thing was terrifying and weird. <laughs> Just didn't understand why there was a cow walking <laughs> around in the first place. Uh, but yes, they got to see the whole Christmas parade. They've been having an argument recently between the two of them if if Elsa and Anna from Frozen are real or not. And, you know, I'm trying to not chime in. It, it's a conversation. Are, are Anna and Elsa real? Is Santa Real, right? So then I'm having to watch the parade, and of course this huge float comes by for Frozen. It's all lit up, and Anna and Elsa are on the the float waving in their costumes. And of course, Chardé goes, "See, they're real."
1: (laughs) Oh, they're right there! Oh, that's adorable.
2: They are right there, and they're waving at us on the float at Disneyland.
1: Wow! How about that, Michael? That is a great story. I mean, really a great story. Okay, so I'm looking up the guy on Top Model, and I believe he was called Miss J. Alexander.
2: Yes, that's who it was. Was that him? Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember Alexander um, would teach them how to walk the runway as models.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's the one that was on Tyra Banks' show. Wow. And and what is the guy's name who, oh, Christian Seriano. he was 21 years old, and he won Project Runway. Do you remember that? I, I never don't think watched you watched that, that show. That show. <laughs> yep, you never mm-hmm. did watch that show. I love that show. He was the f- only um, person who won at the age of 21, and his well, clothes I, were fierce. To this day, he has big sizes, little sizes. He makes clothes for women, period, right? And he does not play around. I mean, every piece is so beautiful. I actually bought your sister one. I found it at TJ Maxx. And it was a robe. Michael is so beautiful. And it said Christian Soriano. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was on sale (laughs) as well. It was a good day. Way on sale.
2: Sales are the way to go. Although... I oh, You don't know
1: anything things. about sales, do you really? Oh, yes, you do. That's you that's really do thing. go for the sales. That I, is your that's
2: thing. That's my thing. And, and, and this year, I, I, I didn't go to the, the premium outlets here in Los Angeles, which are about a two-hour drive outside of L.A. Uh, actually, about two-thirds of the way to Palm Springs. They have pre- premium outlets out here in the same way that the Twin Cities does, but ours are just far more high-end. You know, So you can get an outlet for Prada and Gucci and Dolce & Gabbana, et cetera, et cetera. They have all the major high-end brands there. And usually every Black Friday I go, and it's a—it's just a mess out there. It's filled with people. The lines for the really big stores, like, like like the the line for Gucci, literally is sometimes three hours or more just to walk into the store and browse around. Um, and I love it. I love Black Friday shopping in the midst of it all. But it was weird. I think I think with what's been happening in the news, you know, what happened at uh, Club Q, uh, I, I just. You know, Joey had to work. He couldn't be there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just rest. Uh, I'm not going to go this year. I think I'll just shop online. I, I did a bit more in person later in the weekend, but for the first time in a long time, I was not out there on Black Friday in the midst of it all, as I so love to do.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure you'll never take me with you again to go shopping in any of those fine establishments because we went to Prada one time, and I started spinning around in a circle, and you said, Mom, Mom, you can't do that in Prada. Wait. I'm like, yeah, this I story, can.
2: <laughs> this story changes every time. because I, I think the, the more we talk about it, the more you have changed the narrative to be that, like, you are the bargain shopper, and I'm the one that goes for the nice things. But the truth is, you introduced me to all the nice things. You were the first person oh, to, to yes. be there, to purchase those oh, things for me, to go and get Chicken, in those stores.
1: please. I need some uh-huh. chicken.
2: <laughs> Michael,
1: we got to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> it is now 1026 here at WCCO. Welcome back. Of course, Michael, are you still there or did you hang up on me? Uh-huh. Okay. I
2: see how it's going to be. <laughs>
1: Come okay. on. At the end of every year, we get to this song. We do, son. And, you know, usually That's in true. December. So we're a little early, you know, but it's usually December. We pull it out. That's
0: true. Yeah. She forced me. J- er, she for- Michael, she, she told me, I didn't want to do it to you, but she made me. Oh,
1: and you you're buster. No, you. you did not tell her that. <laughs> no, you did <laughs> he, he squealed so
0: fast. <laughs> <laughs> what is
1: happening? What is happening? Hey, speaking of squealing, there's something called vegan leather, right? So, you know, there's been plant-based burgers and all this sort of thing. Now they've created vegan leather. And people are wondering what is it and why it belongs in our closets, right? So vegan leather is often made from polyurethane. Now, polyurethane is like a foam that's real flexible. And my whole thing is basically it's just... Foam and plastic, right? That's how I, I understand it to be. And it's used in home furnishings okay. like furniture, bedding, and carpet underlay. But have you heard of this leather, this so-called vegan leather?
2: Have I heard of it? Oh, let me tell you what vegan leather is. Vegan leather is the best marketing scam of the century. Uh, vegan leather is what I used to buy at Ragstock uh, for, for the disco dance at St. Thomas Academy when i was in high school for 20 bucks <laughs> but now you can walk into neiman marcus Saks fifth avenue nordstrom bloomingdale any major place and find a vegan leather kimono a vegan leather sh- shorts a vegan leather jacket and guess how much it is wait
1: wait wait vegan le- leather shorts Woo, that doesn't short. work out are we talking oh, short shorts goodness. what are we talking here
2: no, like they have you know like a. Uh, uh, so, so shorts and high fashion has, has been in, in for the past year where it's like they were like dress boots, a, a pleated short with like a belt and a silk shirt. I can't pull that look off because I'm too tall. I'm from Minnesota. Not a thing for me. Um, but for some people, that is a look for them. And, yeah, they have vegan leather shorts, jackets, ties, shirts, shackets, uh, which is like a shirt jacket. There's a whole market of vegan leather products that are being marketed as being extremely high-end. And they have high-end prices. We're talking $1,000 for a shirt. eight hundred eight hundred $800, 800 bucks for a pair of shorts. And it's, quote-unquote, vegan leather, which I'm like, isn't that just pleather? Didn't we have this when I was much younger? Uh, so that's why I say it's the greatest... I mean, we called it, it pleather. You know? Yeah, that's what we, we call called it. We called it pleather. Yeah.
1: But it's... Okay, I, so it's not made from the skins of dead animals. And, of course, PETA, I'm on their website, and they really seem to think that this is a great idea. This is this is where, where we need to get. But what is the vegan leather? I, I'm, I don't know. I'm so confused about it. I haven't found a picture of it just yet. But oh, they say that really? it's from Innovative and... Huh?
2: I was going to say, go to any major department store's website and just t- type in faux leather or vegan leather, and you'll see the countless products and how much they cost on their site. I see them in stores all the time. It's been a huge trend in high fashion for at least, what, two or three years now. And it isn't even just vegan leather. It's faux fur. Like real fur is so out. It's incredible. In fact, some stores won't even sell it. So they'll sell you a faux fur jacket, and it's still (laughs) $2,000. It's It's
1: it's still $2,000?
2: Thousands of dollars, in some cases several hundred, which to me is still very expensive for fake leather and fake fur. It's considered high fashion.
1: Yeah, but I do appreciate that the animals are not being killed in such a horrible way. It was just horrible. So I am not a mink girl. I have never owned a mink coat or um a full leather dress. But I did have a leather jacket that was gifted to me and I really appreciate it because it was so warm. Um but now it's they they've created this vegan leather. It's really it looks just like leather to me. You know, I finally I found mean- a picture.
2: For the record, you, you did star in a Wilson's Leather commercial. Just want to put that out there for full disclosure, <laughs> <laughs> because if someone does some research on Google, they'll be like, wasn't that, didn't she say? Yeah, you were starring
1: oh, I'm coming for you now, Michael. I'm coming for you now. <laughs> See, it wasn't smart for you to put that, that out there, a big dude.
2: spot, too. It was radio. It was TV. You had the song. You were all, all over that campaign.
1: Yeah, it was really great. Can I just tell you, though, when I got to New York to do that spot, um, there were some beautiful models that were so tiny, man. They turned sideways. I'd be like, wow, you know, how did you get that thin? I would never want to be that thin. But they were beautiful women. They found out I became the principal of the, car, of the commercial, and they all just started quitting. <laughs> they were like, she is the primary? I mean, look at her. Look at her. And I was like, yeah, look at me, right? Beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> I did not let it bother me at all. But they were so offended that I was the principal on that spot. And I'm so grateful I had a chance to do that. I'm really grateful. And that was right before 2005, um, where we had that incident, that terrible thing I hate to talk about, um, in New York. And I just I remember that these models were offended, they wanted their leather on, they wanted all the stuff of the coutrements that they would get for being in the spot. But the the people in charge said, No, we think Geraldine's beautiful and she's it. She's the principal. Everybody else is just, you know, extra.
2: And I didn't and, you know, know what, what to do
1: with that. I really didn't know what to do with that, Michael.
2: And see, if, if they quit, great, just give you their paycheck. Like, oh, no, you have to leave. I'll take your check. Thank you so much. I'll <laughs> hold on that for you. Put in the bank, you know. Oh, um, my God,
1: I'll yeah. never forget it. There was a redhead, and she was so adorable and so thin. You know, I was like, before she left, I wanted desperately to say, would you like this cake that I have? You know, you want to... <laughs> You you know, seriously, because they were so super thin. It was not natural. It wasn't, I don't know. I'm so grateful that the Italians finally decided to, you know, hire models that had weight on them. You know, that they were just naturally kind, not even thick, but just healthy, just healthy. And that's what they started doing, and it kind of crossed uh, the country. And uh, we finally found a way, you know, whether it was in Italy or France or wherever, here in the United States, we followed suit. And all of a sudden, it was these beautiful, healthy women on the runways. But I don't know. Lately, I've been seeing some images on commercials and that sort of thing, and it feels like we're getting all the way back to that super thin look.
2: I, I would say we are I mean not that i'm uh, not that I know as much about fashion as, as one would to really comment on this in, a, in in a material way, but from the few fashion shows i've seen um, it, it's models who look healthier I mean yes the guys are thin the the, the the women are thin, yes, but there are to your point a mix of people who uh, look healthier but I'm also seeing um, it's more name players it's actors it's it's uh, a Social media influencers—they're putting people in fashion so- shows who aren't even actual models, who are mo- modeling because it brings a new element to the performance. Uh, I'm seeing m- more theatrics on the performance itself. Um, Jeff Jeff Goldblum, I think, did one for Prada. Uh, he and a few other actors, you know, so they go with a face where it's just someone you wouldn't expect. It's it's a surprise, and they aren't walking out there going, "Oh, I'm a famous actor." It's just they happen to be in that show. So to me, that makes it all the more all the more theatrical. And frankly. All the more approachable for a person who isn't deep in the fashion world.
1: Got it. Got it. Yep, that's the truth. Michael, we got to take a break and do some weather when we come back and uh, stay tuned, everyone. Oh, I love this song. Thank you for playing this, Chris. Oh, 1041 right now here at WCCO Radio, and I'm excited to have my son back with us tonight for the Mom and Michael Hour. Okay, Michael, where? how do you find all of these new restaurants? I mean, do you have a team of people that call you up and go, man, this is great, blah, blah, blah?
2: I do. Um, it's me. I'm the team. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, really. I mean, Los Angeles, as you know, it's all about what's cool, what's chic, what's new uh it, 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 as it is in any major city like uh like this in america um so i'm a person who likes that experience likes going to you know upscale places and i like the challenge of trying to get in so i search for it online you know new hot restaurants and there are all sorts of lists made every i, I was going to say every year but really quarterly if not monthly there's some new list of what the new hot restaurant bar what the new thing is in la that that um where were those that are famous and wealthy and successful go to? What's hard to get into? And really, uh, yes, it's chic and it's fun. And you see famous pe- people around you, but really it's about the food. I am I, guess a bit of a foodie, and I love going to places both upscale. I can wear, you know, you've he- heard me talk about wearing kimonos out to restaurants and places. I will do that. I love being able to wear something wild and fun uh, where that, you know, you can fit in in that environment and something like that. And also getting to have some of the best food and drinks on the planet.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I'm just too big to wear a kimono. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, you know? did, but you have worn one before. Have I? Yes, on stage. When was that? See, I love these stories because like I said before, the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the first one to do it. It all started with you. You had a you did a corporate show a while back then. And I believe The one you wore was actually a a closed uh, version of it, whereas the kimonos I wear are more open and kind of uh, loosely hanging on my shoulders. So it's more of a fashion robe as opposed to an actual belted kimono. But you had a kimono made for one of your shows. I can't think of who the client was or when it was, but in the family, you were the first.
1: I was the first, was I? How come I can't remember that? Don't answer that. You Do it not out? answer you that. It out? Okay. You didn't want it yeah, right, there. right. Let me tell you something. I did a corporate, okay. corporate show for one of my favorite clients and I will never forget this years ago. I came out and I decided to wear this Japanese themed outfit, you know, so I took chopsticks that were very colorful and put it in my braids, you know, my hair. And, uh, that, that told me immediately when I walked out on stage, this was not a good idea. And I had no. this jacket on that was gold sequin stopped right at my waist. Um and then I had these these pants that were of a uh, Japanese style and they went right below my knees that's it below my knees it should have went further down right you know you know because you know when I'm trying to dance on stage they're creeping they're going up that's the wrong direction I had on these high heels that were way too high and I was just trying to be cute I was so trying to be cute and it didn't work out now they enjoyed my singing they really did and I'm thankful for that but you know when people come up to you after the event is over when they go oh my God, you sang so beautifully. I said thank you, and then they say, "And your outfit." Period. It's just a period. <laughs> That's it. Nobody says your outfit and was your fantastic outfit. and full wonderful. Top. Yeah, yeah. Full, full stop. stop. Pause. And your outfit. Thank you so you know. much. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So I've tried to learn from that, but you know, I still have my faux pas, man. I, I have to tell you, my God, just had one at the at the at at um, the Dakota Thanksgiving night. I've seen pictures of me in it. and I go, oh, oh, okay, that was really dumb. Shouldn't have done that, you know. No, I'm there, sure there we'll are times, dumb. yeah. Right. Oh, Life's no. too
2: short. I think outfits should be fun. They should be wild. You should make, make mistakes every now and then. Wear something that makes you feel good. That's my policy. I mean,
1: yeah, but you totally should not make as 40. many mistakes as you should. That I, I, you know, I'm just saying.
2: But I think you're allowed. And frankly, you could have worn whatever you thought was a mistake in a, in a larger city. And, you know, you would have found uh, a corner of L.A. where maybe that wouldn't be strange at all. You know, so and I haven't seen what you actually wore. I'm just saying I like especially post 2020 uh, stepping up the door, whatever makes me feel good and happy. And is it going to be perfect? No, but you know what? I liked it. So was I I wearing a, a neon green sweater? Sure, I was. It's a Tuesday. Why not? You know, there was,
1: like, there was a woman that came up to me one time and she says, those were interesting shoes you had on. I said, buy me some. That would be great. Are you suggesting you're going to go get me a pair of really beautiful shoes that you think are beautiful? <laughs> that would be amazing. You know, because I just don't have time for that. I just think right. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Right. So I'm not going to go up to someone and go, Oh, like, okay, Lizzo and her see through chain, gown, I think it is, whatever it's made out of. Did you see those pictures? She was I naked underneath. That, I've seen except from,
2: many of her other outfits. She's a right. prime example of someone who lives her best life every day, wears what right. she wants to wear. And frankly, I love it. I think it's empowering. I think that sort of joy and, 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 and entire, entirely unabashed um, uh, being oneself, you know, stepping out as oneself every day and being authentic in that way is a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, I do too, Michael. And I I know she just, she curses a lot and that sort of thing, but I think she is very talented. And so for me, I just say, why why do people want to even go there, you know, and, and say how horrible she looks? I mean, they really went on a terrible direction when they saw her in that dress and people were writing and writing and writing and then there were christians saying god doesn't like it and it was just amazing to me i thought wow we really think we have the right to do that that's really incredible my mother has the right to tell me and boy i sure hope she doesn't you know but she has the right (laughs) okay michael we got to take another break and we're going to come back and talk movies in just a moment it is now 10.52 here at WCCO. Welcome back, everyone. Of course, we are wrapping up the Mom and Michael Hour. And, Michael, of course, we got to talk movies. What did you go see?
2: The, the, the Fableman, the new movie that's come out, it's currently still in, in limited release, though it expands into a little over 600 uh, theaters this weekend. Not sure when it's, when it's going to go wide and be all over, but uh, obviously it's, it, it, it's a film directed and produced and uh, co- co-written by Steven Spielberg. So... It's coming out during, you know, awards talk season. Um, okay. It's loosely based on Stephen's life as a, as a young man growing up. It is two and a half hours long. Um, two and a half? Two and a half hours long, yes. It's a very, very long movie. Um, it's a drama. I didn't see West Side Story, so I can't comment on his direction of that film. But I did see uh, a, past, uh, a couple of his films before that, post-Bridge uh, of Spies. And though The Post and Burgess Flies are both good movies, they felt mechanical in his direction And that he's so good, he doesn't really have to try in the same way on those, you know? Mm-hmm. It just didn't have the, the, the soft touch, the heart that we've seen in some of his earlier work. This film is the opposite. Maybe it's because it is personal. It is about his life and really his home life, his parents, their divorce, etc. Um, it is truly an incredible Yes, it is long. There are a few parts that are a little long-winded, but uh, it's a film about the the, the language of film and how really he, as a young man, spoke that language first and foremost. And then, of course, as the film goes on, it's about the power of film, how it can change how we perceive each other, how how it can change who a person, how they're seen by others. Um, It's extraordinary. I guarantee we will be hearing about this film during Oscar season, um, probably for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Actress. Uh, and maybe actually two characters for best actor, best direction, best writing. I teared up three different times in this film, once because of the drama, uh, a second time because I, I felt like I was watching a movie about my own hopes and dreams in Hollywood. And the third time because one, one scene in particular was so beautiful, beautifully filmic, such an example of of, of like a film school education it took me back to being in class in film school. It was so expertly crafted. I teared up in just the beauty of what uh, Stephen was able to do on screen. So if you love movies, you must see this film. It is extraordinary. It, I, I say a must-see of the season.
1: A must-see of the season. That You don't give us many of those. So this is exciting. First of all, I'm really glad that he is back at it. I don't know what the last movie was that he presented.
2: West Side you- Story.
1: Oh, West Side Story. That was in 2021. That's right. That's right. Because you can go all the way back to 2018, 1982 even. Remember E.T.? We'll never forget (laughs) E.T. It's just so weird when you look at it today. But Steven Spielberg has done a lot. He's worth about $4 billion, I think, is his net worth. And I think he's earned it. He's just created so many amazing movies in his lifetime. So there you go. Uh, Would you compare it to anything that's been out that he didn't do? Maybe a different... Um, producer did.
2: Um, I'm trying to think of other coming of age films that have the same sort of feel to them, but th- this one has this wink and nod the whole time, where we know it's about him, e- even though you know it's not it's not pure truth. There's some fiction woven into the story, but since we know it's it's the coming of age of one of the greatest directors of all time, every single scene has extra extra weight, extra meaning, extra um, poignancy to it, because you know how that is going to influence who he becomes in the future. And then watching that all unfold and watching how his character develops into who we know today really makes this film particularly special. But I would say Lincoln, it kind of has echoes of that same sort of making of a great person uh, in it. Um, but I don't want to give too much away in the, in the movie, but just to say uh, really well done, extraordinary film and better than his most recent entries as a director.
1: How about that, Michael? Well done. Well, it has been wonderful being on with you tonight. It's been, it has been—it feels like it's been a very long time since you've been on with us, but it hasn't been that long. Um, but I'm so happy that you are happy, that you are really enjoying life and you are living the life. I wish we could have talked about the Wolf Restaurant, but we'll save it for next Sunday because it looks really interesting and I know it has a lot to do with Italy, so that's exciting for me. Um, and if there's anything else you want me to know, because I will be seeing you soon, Um if If there's anything else you want me to know, just make sure you call me and let me know. And one thing about my son, he calls me. It's so beautiful. He calls me and that matters to me, son. So thank you so much for always looking out for your mom.
2: Thank you. I love you so much. And I can't wait to see you soon. And of course, speaking of restaurants, we should pick some restaurants to go to in New York.
1: I think we should. All right. We're going to make that happen. (laughs) Good night, son. You take care of yourself, okay? YouTube too. All right. That's my Michael battle. There you go. All right, everyone. Thanks for sticking and staying with us. Of course, it's been a pleasure working with you, Chris. Awesome, man. Thank you. Turn that up. Woo! Hey. Good night, everyone.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours